only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. FM 1071. What up, dog? It's Friday. What up, dog? It's Friday, yo. <laughs> you feeling good? I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Cause you all right? Because it's Friday. Friday. It's bingo uh, night. I feel, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not for me. I won't be doing bingo tonight. You know, there's going to be storms around, so be careful over it's there. Okay. He's 17. I'll, I'll weather the storm, and I'll do... I'll do bingo for you. Thank I'll, I'll you. I'll have you in my heart when I'm doing Thank bingo. Thank you. <laughs> It'll be I'll like you're there, there, man. That's good. That And I, I covet your prayers, too, buddy. Uh, 706 now, KTSA. It is Friday. It's Battle Flowers. So, basically, they have everything closing down downtown right now <laughs> right. As, as we speak. And so, listen, here's the deal. All the streets going to be messed up. Well, the streets downtown are messed up anyway because all the traffic. Mm. I mean, all the... the uh, uh, construction all the crap they're doing yeah all yeah. the construction and so it's already a mess and if you don't have to go downtown if you're not going to work downtown today and if you don't if you're not interested in going to a parade then right. stay out of downtown probably a good idea it's cluster yeah. it yes, really it is. is a goo goo cluster okay. yeah. yeah yeah so it's gonna I, be a mess i just think it's the coolest thing in the world that this is i think probably you know the only city in this country that just shuts down everything oh yeah to celebrate right. the Battle of Flowers. I think it's great, man. Man, it's San Antonio. It's San Bad Antonio, ass. you know. San Antonio. San Antonio de Bajar. That's who we are, man. Yeah. This, the city of St. Anthony. And right. uh, and yes, this began as a tradition back in the 1800s where women started throwing flowers at each other. And now here we have a parade to celebrate <laughs> If only it. that were true today. Yes, right. Women just throw flowers at each, at each other. And, and plus, they're all just women. Uh, just biological women. They sure are. Right. But we don't play that game. <laughs> How did Kamala say, I don't rose that way, baby. Oh, come on. Sit down, sister. Right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you got that downtown, uh, and of course you've got Ron, who decided to go to Washington instead of be here for Fiesta. Oh, for of course. Uh, well, he's more familiar and more comfortable there. Well, he's up there bootlegging. Sure. He's trying to get a gig, and hey, look how I destroyed San Antonio. I can do the same thing to America. I can do the same thing to the whole <laughs> country. If you let me come up here. Give me a cabinet so, position. And I was reading the comments earlier on the show right. from, from his page about all the other people who are commenting on his page kissing his butt oh, God. about well, how dapper you look sir oh, and, and stop. i'm so glad i voted for you yesterday uh, i, I uh, did exactly i threw up four times and uh, as, as i was reading the comments about he is so wonderful you've been such a great mayor uh, for san antonio and all that and his his only reason for going to dc last night was to kiss joe's butt but ron i have to i don't mean to disappoint you he doesn't even know you exist no he can't even feel your lips on his rear end he can't feel anything he's a walking corpse you kiss that bud you're gonna be spitting out mummy dust <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a walking corpseman yeah corpse right they don't know who you are ron yeah they so, know who julian and walk are but they don't yeah, know who you are so have a good time up there you know what why don't you just stay uh, <laughs> just stay we dude. Would prefer just stay. we got it we don't need it's okay it. yeah it's under control. Oh, that was the other thing. <laughs> so let's just dive in. Sure. Why not? Yeah. What the heck? So um, Fox News has a poll out now. 37% of Americans approve of Joe Biden's job <laughs> approval. So here's my question. 
who are you? Because <laughs> yeah, I who don't. Who are you? I right. Don't, I don't believe that thirty-seven percent. Now I think maybe okay. You, number one, you, you, if you approve of his job performance, you're intellectually dishonest. Uh. Number two, you're a hack. You know, yeah, right. And right. it could be a monkey doing the job, and a monkey would do a far better job than the current president. Yes. yes. So you would still say, you know, I, I approve of the job he's doing, or you're just woefully misinformed because you watch ABC and listen to ABC on on KTSa, and you're woefully misinformed about what the truth is that he's doing. Otherwise, who are you, thirty-seven percent? It's perplexing because <laughs> they're out there. They are. I mean, I don't know if the numbers are correct, but they're out there. Yeah. And you know, they're they're true believers, man. They're, yeah. they're you call them cultists. That's what they are, and it's it's beyond the trans community. So it's just funny to be watching all these liberal idiots rally around a corrupt establishment racist <laughs> white man. Yeah, it's an old one at that. Right. That's great. I thought old white men were the scourge of the did, universe. Did you mention rich in there? Yes. Oh, rich. Uh-huh. Right. He's rich. He's rich. Corrupt, That's racist, right. right? Old white man. So the New York Times says it this way. You're going to love what the New York Times wrote. <laughs> the country does not need a fully functioning president. <laughs> right. The New yeah, York right, Times. Right. Strange, uh, strange as it may sound, the American government can function without a healthy president. No, that's great. You know, Why don't we elect them? There are a lot of similarities between Joe Biden and FDR. Uh, yeah. You know, let me just say this. I'm not a fan of FDR. I'm not. I didn't like the whole income tax thing and a lot of other stuff right. that he did. I'm not a fan of FDR. Right. But Joe Biden couldn't carry his underwear. No. So much less know where his underwear was. Right. Uh, and the New York Times uh, goes on to say that he's just great. He's got a wonderful track record. Look at what he has been able to accomplish in just a couple <laughs> of years. Give him four more years, and it's going to be a, a totally different and greater America, and we don't need him to be fully functioning. So, that, I mean, when you have to start saying stuff like that, mm-hmm. when you have to start saying, oh, it's okay that he's infirm because mm-hmm. the government can run by itself, you're basically admitting the dude ain't, you know, ain't capable well, of, course of doing what the job. Of course, of course. That's and what don't that worry, is. we got it. We got, his, we, got, we got your back. We got his back. Yeah. Yeah, but it, we really break it down on what an absurd statement that well, is. Well, why do we even have the office of the president? Well, why? Yeah. Why, why have the office? Why spend all that money? Right. Why have those guys running around with guns to protect these guys in a big old yeah. jet airplane? Why have all that? If we don't it, need them. If the country can survive without it, then move on. Yeah. .org. So here we sit with Joe Biden having some children at the White House yesterday. <laughs> oh, God. Now, look, the the deal about this is that it, it's always, you know, a bit of a risk when you have Joe. Am I there? Oh, here we are. Jimmy, cut one. When you have Joe with, with uh, kiddos at the White House, it's always a risk. Because he asked one of them, one of the little girls, you want to go inside the White House? Oh, God. You know, I mean, it's just always a risk. It's, a, it's always a risk. Because to me, he's just a sick He's guy. a creep, Yeah, man. total. So, but here he is. Uh, cut, cut one. Let's just go through him. Let's just start with cut one. And here he's talking to the kids about getting orders. And by the way, the one thing I thought when I got to be president, I'd get to give orders. But I take more orders than I ever did, and you're right. What's your name? Kathleen. Kathleen, what a beautiful name. Kathleen's reminding me I've got to get back to the office. If I don't go, they're going to get the Secret Service working on me, so I'm going to be in trouble. (laughs) Thank you all for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Let's go to cut number two here, where he talks about the last country he was in. Now, do you remember where he was, the last country he was in? Ireland. And when was that? Last week. You can remember that, right? (laughs) Yes. And I forget a lot of stuff. Listen to this. The last country I've traveled, I'm drinking once with the last one I was in. I've I've been to 
89, met with 89 heads of state so far. So uh, I'm trying to think, what was the last, where was the last place I was? It's hard last to keep week. track. Last week, dude. Um, Lucky Charms. I was, no, kids I, yelling I, at I mean, it. Yeah, you're right, Ireland. I, the kid was yelling Ireland? That's where it was. Pause it, Jimmy. Just pause it right where it is. I'll pick it right back up. <laughs> Don't sorry, move I it. I talked over that. that no, that, no. Pick, wow. I'll pick it right back up. Yeah. Right. He, a kid is hollering out, you were in Ireland. <laughs> a little kid, yeah. man. And I'm talking about these are little kids. And he looks and he goes, yeah, how did you know that? Go ahead. That's where it was. How did you know that? Oh, you're kidding me. Sorry on oh, the news. right, man. Look, this bump. Mr. This President, I heard you have to get back to the Oval Office. What was that? This one. Oh. Hi, how are you? Hi. What'd you say to you? I said you have to get back to the... I heard you had to get back to the Oval Office. So, man. Do you know how they have Easter bunnies around to, mm-hmm. you know, and right. then and then Hunter actually went to Ireland with him to guide him around and sure. he had to go here. Now they have little bitty kids. Just play that part again, <laughs> oh Jimmy, of the little God. bitty kid saying, "Mr. President, you have to go back to the Oval Office." And they cue the music and they start playing "Hail to the Chief." And the little girl and he he looks at her and goes, Oh, hi, how are you? Oh, God. Looks at this little Eesh. girl. Hi. And she's like, she's on task because somebody, an adult somewhere there said. Susie, we, at this point, yes. you hear the music, you tell Mr. President exactly. it's time to go. We're going to hand I you the microphone. You have to get back to the, I heard you had to get back to the Oval Office. Go ahead and play the rest of it. <laughs> oh, my God. Where, where, he's, where he says, hi, how are you? Because, you know, he, she got his attention. He's like, oh, hello there. And, uh, and she repeated what the adult in the room had said. Go ahead, Jimmy. What was that? Oh, hi, how are you? Hi. What'd you say to you? I said you have to get back to the, I heard you had to get back to the Oval Office. <laughs> well, it, it's sad on so many different levels because first and foremost, I think we all agree that all of the kids on that audio sound smarter and more cognizant of what's going on than he does. Okay, Barna, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah and no the doubt. fact that very obviously somebody approached this little kid and said, we want you to say this to the president, uh, you know, when you start hearing the music or whatever the cue was. I mean, it's right there in front of you, man. It's not sad. It pisses me off. Yeah, well, that, You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not saddened by this because uh, Joe asked for it. And I would like to play this game and say that I'm saddened because here's this old guy and he's having obviously dementia or I don't know what, what now the problem is or how far... It, advanced he is what i am is pissed off that we have somebody in that office that's running this country we did not elect them yeah we don't know who they are they're not accountable to us that is against everything this country stands for and what we need is to rise up in this country and all of us be pissed off i mean royally pissed off that these sons of guns are behind the scenes running this country through a tool like Joe Biden who doesn't even know where he is. Right. Unelected bureaucrats are, are really running the country right now. The Absolutely. Deep, the deep state. And I, I, if I feel bad at all, it, it's, it's from sort of a Greek tragedy perspective in that no, I know. here's a guy that got everything he wanted. Yeah. He's surrounded by family. Yeah. He is, you know, through corrupt means, I yeah. believe, enriched his family. All these people have, have lived high on the hog That's around the Joe thing. Biden. That's the other thing. All right, and he gets to the pinnacle. He, he achieves what he, his whole life was mm-hmm. focused on achieving. Right. And first off, he's too freaking infirm to even know he's doing it. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and secondly, all these people that came along with him the whole, for the whole ride, man, mm-hmm. they're just shoving his old ass well, out there, and they couldn't care less about his health. You, you, you pointed out something else. You said the corruption. Corruption. The oh, cor- yeah. How, how corrupt they are. That's exactly right. That's the other thing that pisses me off, right, is that he has been so corrupt throughout his entire political career. He's enri- enriched himself and his family and people around him by selling influence, by selling our government. He sold our government. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. He, I do, too. Yeah. He, and that's I'm speaking from my opinion, but he, spoke, he sold our government out mm. to foreign entities and foreign actors who hate us. Who are who are bringing about our downfall right now, and this this lunacy that we're listening to here when a little child has to tell him, uh, "You got to go back to the Oval Office now, sir." Oh hi, what's your name? Hey, hey, you. You know th- that pisses me off. It, it, I, I don't feel sorry for him anymore. I, well, I, I tried to there. Oh, I, I really did. I tried oh, I to work it up, and I there for you know the last several months i'm like oh man this is really sad i can't believe this family's not standing in for him but now i'm just pissed now right. i'm just pissed that they're that they're doing this to my country your country well and i am too you yeah. know i mean i think a lot of people who are paying attention and who are invested in this country are are equally as pissed off yeah the problem is there's a whole bunch of people that aren't and they're not pissed they're either happy with something i don't know exactly what it is uh or they're just not involved not paying attention so i I, I'd love this because this the thing is everybody should be pissed off. Uh-huh. Yeah, every tax-paying American citizen, right, and even the people who are too poor to pay taxes should be upset by the fact that you really don't apparently have a voice in your government. No, you and who do your not. Leadership is because the guy you voted for ain't the man. He's just not doing. He's not running well, things. And here's what else should piss you off. Um. They are about to try to cheat another election with, mm. a, with a pandemic out of Sudan or wherever, whatever they're going to do now, and a guy who's not going to do any debates. He's right. not going to get on the stage <laughs> no with, his, with his political <laughs> opponents. He's, he's going to refuse to debate right? because he can't speak. He can't put two words together in a sentence. So he's not going to do any of that. And that's going to cheat the entire political process as they did in 2020 to stick a tool in the office. And why America is not pissed off? And, you know, we we you know what we we just might all be lost anyway. This just might be all the 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 the, Amer- the great American experience just, uh, experiment might be over with, and we just need to talk about bullcrap here on the radio and not what matters. We don't. <laughs> we just need to talk about birds flying out people's rear ends or something and flowers and whatever because <laughs> because none of it's going to matter if nobody is willing to stand up and push back against these people. Well, unfortunately, we're very tribalistic right now, and everybody's for their own side. And there's not any. Tucker was right in his Twitter video. There's really no uh, meaningful conversation going on about any of this. So you got one side of the room who, yeah, like you and me, are really upset about this, and we're seeing the destruction of our country. And the other side are just calling us a bunch of Nazis and haters and right. phobes. So, I mean, I don't. Trans how do you phobes. bridge that chasm? I don't, I don't know. Well, before we came on, and we got a break, but before we came on, I was watching this video with General Brown. He's the chief of staff for the Air Force. Right. We'll talk about this some more. But the Air Force, in, in their training now, is teaching to never use the words mom and dad. <laughs> and Matt Gates asked him, why? Why are you teaching your airmen? Right. To not say mom and dad. Well, we have to build trust, he said. We have to build trust with our recruits so we can complete the mission. Matt Gates said, what does that mean? He said, well, you know, not everybody who we recruit comes from a mom and a dad.
Oddly, they've been doing it for uh, a long, long time without that, and people seem to be fine. You know, you know they don't seem to feel excluded. Some, some by of them are mom raised by an aunt. No, are, what did he right. say? Some of them are raised by an aunt and an uncle. Some of them have oh, two God. dads. Some of them have two moms. So by saying, you know, mom and dad, we're just going to erase that all together. Right. Now, what they're trying to do is erase the nuclear family. We all know why. But sure. For sure. the Air Force, to well, be I never trust that. anybody that says aunt anyway. You know, you got to be careful about around those people. But that's the kind of stuff. And it's Friday. It's Fiesta Friday. We'll, we'll lighten the load. But that's the kind of stuff that America needs to be pissed off about and standing up against. We need to rise up America. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, what does that look like, though? What, rise up, what does that mean? <laughs> you sort of have to define that, because otherwise it's just rise up, we're going to rise up, but then nobody ever actually does anything. Yeah. Because nobody really knows what to it's do. Kinda, what does that mean? Take up arms? Does that mean, well, you know, stand up and yeah, form a line? What yeah. does it mean? It's very disappointing that the, the, the right in this country will not turn out like a BLM did in, well, in, they won't. in, in March. They won't do it. They will not do well, it. Well, I mean, we we don't want them to turn out like that. Well, I don't mean burn but, buildings and right, stuff, but I mean but show their force, the, show the, themselves. The, the Republicans, you know, and we have to sort of accept the idea that we do have these two corporate organizations that run the political system. So you, you're not going to get anywhere uh-huh. if you avoid that game. No. And the Republicans right now, at, classically, as we point out all the time, it's never all... Ships sailing in the same direction like the Democrats. They, yeah. they, man, they play the same game. They're, They're all, over. all on the same playbook all the time. Plus, much of what we see out of D.C. is the Uniparty. It's, well, I mean, it's, the the uniparty. It, it's a, it's just a big yeah. swamp. Right, back in a minute, Warren Ryman, KTSA. Comfort with a carrier air conditioner. Returning from a training flight in Alaska, the Apache helicopters went down yesterday about 100 miles south of their home base at Fort Wainwright, Alaska. The Army's 11th Airborne Division said two of the soldiers died at the crash site, a third died on the way to the hospital. The injured soldier is being treated at Fairbanks Memorial Hospital. A federal judge in Massachusetts is expected to decide today whether 21-year-old Jack Deshera accused of leaking highly classified military documents online, will be released before his trial. The prosecutors make the, are making the judge that Teixeira remains in custody, claiming he is still a real danger to the intelligence community if he's released. Trevor Alt reports. Prosecutors say he is a flight risk and a national security risk. They allege the Air National Guardsmen search the classified government database almost daily, telling members of his group to message him for any classified intel they'd want. Prosecutors warning if he was released, it would be all too easy for him to further disseminate classified information or flee to a foreign country. San Antonio police looking for whoever gunned down a man at a southwest side apartment complex at about 10 o'clock last night. A man got into a fight with some other men in the 3300 block of Rose Lawn. One of the men he was fighting pulled a gun, shot him in the shoulder. The men then got in the car and sped off. The injured man was able to run for help. He's recovering at a nearby hospital. Police still investigating. They haven't released the description of the shooter or the car they were in. And a bill to remove locally elected prosecutors who don't enforce certain state laws is expected to receive final passage in the Texas House today. House members gave the bill its preliminary approval Thursday. It's a response to district and county attorneys in certain large counties who have said they won't pursue election fraud cases or enforce the state's abortion ban. The bill would expand the definition of official misconduct to include categorical refusal to enforce certain state laws. 
After its approval in the House, the bill, of course, goes on to the Senate. It's 732 KTSA AccuWeather and Time Saver Traffic after this. KTSA News, brought to you by Stevens Roofing. Elaine and I are just speaking in Spanish about all the names I've been called by political opponents in oh, Spanish. Wow. In Spanish. <laughs> Trey, Trey Martinez Fisher. Right. Calling me wonderful names. Wow. We were talking about the uh, how many more rally tomorrow. Shit. What's this? How many more rally? It's mm-hmm. happening tomorrow at the, the Capitol in Austin. Mm-hmm. Ted Nugent's going to be there. <laughs> Chip Roy is going to be there. Right, right. So 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, and it's all about um, pressuring the governor to do more to shut down the border. How many more? You know, how many more are you going to let into the state of Texas? So the Nugent's going to come, and Chip Roy's right. going to be there. There's going to be all kinds of speakers there. 1 o'clock at the Capitol tomorrow if you want to stand for Texas and stand against the invasion that's coming in. Anyway, go right ahead, sir. Oh, I, I was going to talk about uh, one thing, but then I saw another thing. Um, I'm looking at this uh, study uh, the, on American high school students. Uh, it's uh, and and looking at how they identify. This is from the CDC, oh, Centers yeah. for Disease Control. This is big. Let me just read you this. Yeah. CDC data shows 12.1 percent of students, 14 to 18 years old, now say they are bisexual. 3.2 say they are gay or lesbian. 3.9 say other, and 5.2 say there are. They are questioning their sexuality. Of course, when you're that age, doesn't everybody? Uh, the adult population, however, is only 7% who, who identify as all of that. And the number of kids in high school who identify, again, is, is either bi or non-binary or LGBT, whatever the hell, mm-hmm. has more than doubled since 2015. That's the They word. are eclipsing That's it right there. the adult population, both in the trans community and in the gay community. Mm-hmm. And why do we think that is? If you look back to 2015, mm-hmm. what was going on in 2015? We were all here. That was roughly about the time that you started hearing about trans stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which was also oddly uh, <laughs> roughly around the time that the Supreme Court essentially codified same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. So in the years since, you have young people who are, I think we can all agree, based upon what we talk about every day, are being groomed, are being mm-hmm. marketed to, mm-hmm. marketed to and towards through social media, their own damn teachers and, and principals, mm-hmm. and every other layer of society right now, mm-hmm. to be gay, basically. To be gay or trans, right. and, and mostly trans. The... Trans cult, because that's what it is, right? Has taken over the school system in America. Now, again, there are exceptions. When I, when you and I talk about things, I always talk in general terms. The the rule, sure. The exception these days is to find a teacher and administration and a school who does not buy off on this crap. That's, Pretty much, that's the exception. Those are the stand- standouts. The, the rule <laughs> is in public education today. They have thrown out the education part of public, right? right? And it's not education, it's indoctrination. Mm. And the primary indoctrinating that they're doing right now is with the trans cult. So it didn't shock me at all when I saw that report last night. It didn't shock me at all that since 2015 it's gone up by this amount and that now one out of four, 25% one out of, four. of young uh, folk in America believe that they're either gay or trans. Of course they do, because that's what they've been told by the authority figures in their life. Many of them get it at school but there's also a ton of them that get it at home because those white liberal women in the suburbs <laughs> gotta have a trans kiddo to be cool well and you know you know with the counter argument because i've heard it before a thousand times well it's just easier for kids now to come out no. they feel easy they feel better no. about it they think because society has evolved and so they feel better the hell they have first off you're targeting people who haven't even established their own personalities yet whose brains are still growing yeah 
No. And I don't buy it. The numbers are way off. No. If it were incremental, if it were a little slightly different, you know, smaller difference, maybe I could see that argument to a certain extent. No. But it's like Riccardi was saying last night about this idea that, you know, it was lesbian visibility this week because they're kept in, in the shadows and gay people are in the shadows yeah. and there's still this big stigma. There isn't. No. No. That doesn't exist anymore. Right. You are applauded when you come out now. You are applauded and celebrated when that, you are putting on a dress. It's and you're more a dude. than being applauded. It is being forced into it. How many of the youngest of young children in the public school system are taken by a teacher and administrator and transitioned without the parents' sure. knowledge at all? And it started with that teacher. Yeah. The teacher gets them, and, and because they have this move right now to indoctrinate and to change our kids in America, they get them and they go, you know, Sean, you're really Sean Alina. That's who you are, and, and you're going to change your clothes here at the school. And it really does go, I, I put a lot of this blame at the school, also oh, at, I home, so. yeah, at home with a lot of the parents, but right at the foot of the school in America today, they have this thing about breaking up the traditional biblical family. That's what I call it, the biblical right. family. The biblical family is one man, one woman, and children. That's the biblical family. And that is the first church. That's the first hospital. That's the first education. That's the first school, that biblical family. Right. In order to transform a society, you have to blow that up. And they're doing it. Well, and they're doing a bang-up job they to sure a certain are. extent. you know. And, sure and, and uh, again, that's one of those things. You're, you're going after extraordinarily vulnerable people at that age. Of course. And if you think back, and we all think back, I mean, we're all, we're all in our 50s now. You know, I'm 50. You're going to be, well, I'm 56, 57. And we think we can still remember our teachers from elementary school. There are several teachers I still remember to this who day. had such an impact on me Absolutely. throughout the course of my lifetime. Absolutely. And so you're dealing with people who already, in the kid's eyes, are an enormous influence. Right. Who you are, actually, if you think about, it, you probably end up spending more, you know, one-on-one -on -one time Absolutely. with a with a teacher ultimately than maybe during the week you do with your parents. Yeah. And they're the ones saying, well, I think you might be a little girl. That's right. They're the ones, and they, they, have the mo they, they wield the most influence on you because they're there 40 hours right. a week with them and just a short amount of time with the parents in, in, the, in the home setting. And that's why I'm all for parents getting their kids out of public education today. But you're right. I, I think of Mrs. Speakerman. I think of, of Joe Brooks, and I think of Billy Rigby. These are all my teachers, and I can see their faces right now. Right, yeah. and I can think about the the impact they had on my life, and I don't want to leave any of them out. But then once I got very active in sports, Coach Mike Crocker and Coach Steve Hammond and guys like that that had such a huge impact on who I became as a man, right? Right. Um, and they never once, never once talked about sex or gender or orientation. Well, or, no. I mean, it, it would have been really bizarre that's what I'm saying. because we were so we, – we didn't hear that no. from teachers. No. They maintained no. their, you know, professional <laughs> obligation to be protective and, and to educate us. In second grade, we sat around in a circle in Mrs. Brooks' class right over at East Terrell Hills right there, and we read books. That's what yeah. we did. But the books didn't have child porn in them. They weren't about, you know, well, jo yeah. little Joey getting it on with that adult down the street like they're doing well, now. Well, you know, we used to arrest people for that sort of thing. Right. <laughs> I guess not and, anymore. And let's go back know? to that. Let's go. How about we go back to that? How, I agree. How about we go Absolutely. back to arresting people? I, I think it's a crime. Yeah. You know? If you can't do it in a, in a park or in, on the street, right. you can't do it at the school. Well. What's really bizarre, though, is you have teachers and administrators 
who are protecting the offenders who, who end up right. victimizing other kids, sure. kids who victimize other kids. It happened. They protect them. It happened in in Virginia. Yeah. And they, uh, when the parents showed up about it, they were called domestic terrorists by Joe Biden and Merrick Garland. Yeah. But how about how about we try this one? Let's get some first through third graders, and let's have a kids' night at the adult megaplex. You want to? <laughs> sure. Why not? So let's. Uh, What's let's, the difference? Let's get right. That's my point. I'm using the absurd to to right. show the point, but that it's the same thing as what Why many not? schools are doing. So for, so for Friday Friday afternoon after school. Bring the busload of kids over here to the uh, Megaplex over here on uh, whatever this is, 35 or whatever. And we'll have kid day Friday afternoon from, say, get out of school at 3. So from 3 to 6, we'll have kid day at the adult Megaplex. Sure. Do you, do you think anybody in our community would put up with that for no. one half second? Then hey. why in the hell is it okay to have it in class every day? It's family night at Sugars, man. Right. Bring your kids, and right. every kid gets a bobblehead. Right. Because, <laughs> and a free dance. Because you know what they're doing? Right. They're taking the adult megaplex and they're taking sugars and i don't know what is that other one jimmy you told me about palace they're taking those places and they're taking them to the school yeah well essentially they're putting, yeah they are and, and everybody's fine with that nobody uh, seems see? to the, the adults in the see? room don't have a problem with so that. let's flip that over and let's say let's get a bunch of yellow school buses and drive these kids over here to the palace friday afternoon from three to six and let's see how long the community have put up with that they're fine with the palace going to the school how about we take the school over to the palace and see if people put up with it? Yeah, well, I think you'd get a slightly different reaction. I think so. Back yeah. in a minute, more Warren Rima KTSA. An accident with a company car, truck, SUV, van. FM 1071. Yeah. Honky Friday. It's Fiesta Friday, Battle of Flowers. It's the 28th. What day is it, Sean? It's Clean Comedy Day. Oh, good. I like that. Actually, there is a. I, I do like. Mm-hmm. There are very few people who are really, really good at it, and mm-hmm. I tend to want my comedy really filthy. But mm-hmm. uh, the folks who can yeah. pull that off, and like most it. of them are preachers, actually. That's right. Are extremely funny. Can't think of a single one right now. But uh-huh. well, uh, Cleto and and uh, and Roman do uh, clean comedy, and uh, they're br- they're brilliant. It's uh, this is also a very near and dear to my heart. Hairball Awareness Day. Yeah, well, when a cat gets one, you got a big problem going well, on. Well, you got ten cats, All and right. uh, one of them gets a hairball. Yeah. It's uh, it's cat Armageddon. Mm, that's right. Uh, kiss your mate day. Going to do that. <laughs> you you can count on that one happening today. Do you do you kiss your mate every day? Yeah, I kiss my mate every day. I kiss. I be kissing on my mate. Yeah, every, every day. day. That's good. That's a good kissing thing to do. Got to kiss on your mate. Yeah, absolutely. Let him know you loves them by kissing on. Did them. you say let him know? Let no. Let well. Let her him. You know. <laughs> Trey, you're so prehistoric. We don't use pronouns anymore. Oh, that's okay? right. That's it's, right. It's, it's, you know. let, let them know. That's right. It's and it's uh, finally National Superhero Day. Yay for the superheroes! Your favorite? I'm kind of burnt out on the whole superhero thing at this point. Well, I'm not talking about the movie. So right. I'm going to talk about you, when you go back to your childhood. Was it Superman? No, Spider Man. Spider Man. Spider Man. I collected Spider Man comics, yeah. and uh, and uh, I was such a fan. I remember the original show from the mid seventies. Batman which here was horrible. You're a Batman guy. You know who else? Wonder oh. Dog. Wonder Dog. <laughs> do you remember Wonder don't, Dog? Don't give me any ideas. They'll do a big budget. You know. <laughs> underdog That's franchise. Right. I'm sure. I'm sur- I'm. I'm surprised that hasn't That's already right. been floated somewhere. You never know. Can Underdog join the? Can he join the Avengers? Was he the one that wore the the mat? No, that was Hong Kong Fui. Hong Kong Fui. Hong Kong Fui was car great. And he the would mask. kick your ass. Yes, that's right. I liked Hong Kong Fui. 
Um, so tomorrow's Willie's birthday. Yes. So we've been playing some Willie this morning. We're going to play one now, but been sharing some memories, of course. And uh, you know, my whole world changed the first time I heard Shotgun Willie. Right. Uh, my dad was working at K Buck at the time, and I was just getting familiar with country radio in the early seventies. And that's when Willie was coming out, and I heard my dad play Shotgun Willie on the radio. Right. And I went, Oh my God, this is the coolest thing. He took us to uh, Abbott, Texas, or to, it was Texas World that year for the uh, very first Willie Nelson 4th of July picnic. Mm, right. What an eye-opener for a guy who's 9 or 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> first time right. I smelled the weed and first time right. I saw topless women and everything else running Rock around. On. But I saw all kinds of great entertainers like Waylon Jennings and Doug Kershaw and the Giesenslaw brothers and Tom Paul Glacier and all these guys that right. I never dreamed I would have met one day, but I did. And you met Willie, too. You were on a honeysuckle rose, right. as I would. Yeah. And uh, just love the man and so glad that he's made it to 90 which will be tomorrow well i you know he really is a national treasure yeah. i mean he's one of those guys he's like cash i mean he's just he's yeah. he 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 is part of the american fabric and uh you know and yet i think the, the thing that struck me the most and was just how genuine he is yeah. when you actually interact with him he's so he's just a dude man he's, he's a real just guy. some dude sitting right over there a real guy and that i think is what's carried him through the years yeah. because and i think that's what people connect with there's no bs they love the music i mean i can tell you i can list off my favorite songs yeah, you know, of the, the, the beautiful poetry yeah a man could really turn a line right but i think what also really endeared him to people was that quality about him that he treated everybody with the same level of respect he's yeah. very down to earth yeah Real guy. He's got no agenda other than just make great music. No, I mean, and I, that's I mean, it. You don't want to have a political discussion yeah. with him, but, right. <laughs> but that's, no, yeah. <laughs> no, I oppose his politics, but that's okay. I still love the man and oppose his politics. Oh, yeah, right? That's the way it should be. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. That's the way that's it should, should that's be. That's the way it actually should and be. I've told the story a million times. I know you've talked to him, and I've talked to him a million times, but, you know, the story I've told you and I've told Don, everybody a million times, was I asked him one time when he was quite old. I think he was in his late 70s by then, maybe something like that. I said, How many dates are you going to do? And he said, About 280 this year. And I said, What in the world? world are you doing why so right. much because that's a lot yeah yeah oh, that's yeah. a lot 280 yeah. you know? right and he said well uh because when i quit that's when i die that's when i'm done i'm gonna okay. i'm here he to says, do it's a, he's, yeah he, 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 he lives to yeah. to play and uh, he's like if he stopped he would just probably go sit in hawaii and <laughs> yeah and just die <laughs> that would be it. so and he says when trigger dies i'm gonna die that's what he said <laughs> trigger's still hanging on <laughs> that's right. trigger's trigger dies, you know, falling apart die. but so i i told the story earlier i had a friend named kim Rakowski, and uh, she went to alamo heights and her dad was a huge willy nelson fan right it's kind of a a moment for me to really explore willie in depth because he had a huge collection i'd go to her house over mm-hmm. in alamo heights right. kim and i would sit on the couch and just listen to willie 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 over and over again i'll never forget the first time i heard this song and i got i was at the at the concert municipal auditorium when they cut this well, it's a bloody merry morning baby left me without warning sometime in the night so I'm flying down to Houston with forgetting her the nature of my flight. Now this is the studio version, but there is a version from Willie and Family Live, the album that they cut here at the Municipal Auditorium in 1978, which is just outstanding. There's one more version, too, that he did with Kinky Friedman, just uh, on Kinky's Loneliest Man I Ever Met uh, uh, record, which came out uh, now about seven years ago. And they start off the record. You got Willie. They went. You went up to Austin. They sat in the studio and they cut that song. And it's it's and Willie's still playing, <laughs> playing lead guitar on it. And this, like I said, this is about six seven years ago at this point. But yeah. 
Well, you it's know, great it's such a great because we've all been there, man. You know, the last <laughs> the last entertainer performer that the incredible icon Merle Haggard ever recorded with was Willie Nelson. Right. They did that album, Django and Willie. Well, that that's the other thing about him. Yeah. I think that's kind of the Austin. When Austin was cool, that was the ethic, and that artists supported other, other artists. Sure, and Willie is always he still supported does. his friends and supported people yeah. who are doing stuff. Yeah, what what a lot of uh, guys will do is they'll they'll lay something down and they'll send yeah. it up to Perton Ellis, and Willie will lay his part yeah. down, and then they mix it, and it sounded like they were together in the studio. And Willie's always done that for guys. So he, he did the whole record, I think, of duets, didn't he? Was that him? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Well, happy birthday, Will. We we appreciate you. May you live another 90-plus years and keep doing what you're doing. Back in a minute, more Wearing Rhyme KTSA. Well, it's a bloody merry morning, baby. Let me without warning sometime in the night. Houston with more getting her the nature of my life. The Ramsey Reality Check is brought to you by KTSA and FM 1071. Just briefly, I'll tell you something else that Joe did yesterday when he was talking to those kids <laughs> that just kind of speaks to his his lack of character. Right. And, and, and the actual human being that he is. Right. If he is a human being, he might be AI. He might be. <laughs> He'd walk better if you were, if right. you were AI. We were talking He'd about talk that better if you were AI. Yeah, he walks. He walks all <laughs> stiff and everything. Uh, but, uh, you know, he uh, yesterday he also was talking about his grandchildren when he was talking to all those mm-hmm. kids up there. And he says he has six grandchildren. <laughs> yeah. That's what the man said. He has six grandchildren. Right. No, it's not true. He has seven grandchildren. But because <clears throat> the, the one was born out of wedlock down in, uh, down in uh, Arkansas, he totally, and the family totally, has disavowed any association with that grandchild. Will not see that child. Will not discuss that child. Will not have anything to do with that child. There are pictures out there of the uh, White House mantle during Christmas. There's six stockings for grandkids there. Right. <coughs> Won't acknowledge. Uh, Hunter has been fighting, even though a DNA test proved beyond any doubt that he didn't he's want to today. pay child support. No, and and for that's the kid he brought into the world. And see, that's the thing that shows who they are, right? <laughs> well, because yeah. they're they are extremely wealthy. Very sure. well. They could set her up for the rest of her life. They no could problem. cut a check That's what and I'm set that kid up for life. That's exactly what I'm saying. And they refuse to even acknowledge her existence. He won't even say, I have said. Now, imagine somebody ultimately coming from your loins, and you won't even imagine their existence, won't even acknowledge their existence. And when asked flat-footed about it, and then when the court is pursuing your son to have him pay what he owes for bringing another human being in, into this world, you hide him in the White House so that the court cannot deliver papers to him. Right. Cannot and, subpoena and, and him. In the people's house. Right, right. You know, I, I, it's, it's so bizarre. But I tell you what, it's a window, once again, into really what just cruel and insipid people they are. That's right. Because imagine being, her name is Navy Roberts, imagine right. being this little kid mm-hmm. and growing up. First off, your father, and, and you know, he doesn't want anything to do with you. Right. Your dad, and you know, she's going to know that's his dad, mm-hmm. doesn't sure. want anything to do with you. Doesn't even acknowledge you freaking exist. Now, the president and the rest of the family is, is bad enough because, unfortunately, because he had sex with a stripper and brought a kid into the world, that kid is also now a part of history. That kid has to wake up every day for the rest of her life. Knowing that she's the pre- she was the president's granddaughter, 
uh, and nobody acknowledges it. Wouldn't even think about it. Wouldn't even talk about it. Wouldn't even say yeah, her I mean, name. And so, you know, it really doesn't, here's the deal, it really doesn't surprise me, right? Because Hunter, two weeks after his brother died, started uh, to have sex yeah. with, with his widow, right? So that doesn't, that, we know who this guy is, and, and, and the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Joe's the same way. Right, yeah. he's the same way. He he taught Hunter everything that he knows. So it's just disgusting when you think about who these people are that are in the White House and they're real, what they're doing. They're trash. They really. I'll are. just go ahead White and say trash. it. They're Delaware trash. White Should trash. I know? I live there, man. They're White. Delaware trash. They're White racist trash. as hell. Yeah. White trash. They God knows behind the scenes yeah. what these people do with each other. I'm just being honest. We no. already know this well. is a guy who hopped, thought nothing about hopping into a shower with his uh, daughter. With his daughter. You're right. Yeah. So that's fine. God knows what else. Told so her to come join him in the shower. That's the. Yeah. the, the they're all. Awful, horrible, trashy yeah, people. They really are. The President of the United States. Yeah. Okay, so Generation Z is ages 8 through 23. Mm-hmm. 8 through 23 is Generation Z. They are embracing vinyl LPs, vintage clothing, <laughs> flip phones. They're going back to the history. All this stuff. Wow. And now cigarettes. Oh, excellent. Hey, yeah, pick that one up. There. <laughs> Go retro nicotine. <They're laughs> that's what they're doing, believe it or not. They got a new brand out called Hestia. Hestia. Hestia cigarettes. They bill themselves as being made from naked, wi- I said naked, wild tobacco. Naked tobacco. Yeah. What the hell does that, that mean? That's what I said, naked. Naked, wild tobacco. I don't know. Uh, it's become a favorite for 20-somethings now, and they're using online influencers. <laughs> And what they're doing is they're giving cigarettes to these online influencers, and they're smoking them on IG and TikTok and everywhere else, and they're having parties where they're handing out these (laughs) cigarettes for all these people, and all these kids have... They, they are reframing cigarettes as something to be responsibly enjoyed like everything else they say because they're responsible people and they know they're how to live responsibly eight eight to twenty you have year a old. job son yeah <laughs> so what they're doing now is throwing parties where free cigarettes are available and uh quote people think smoking is cool kids want to be photographed smoking and hanging out together and, uh, oh, it was a big, big thing at South by South by. Oh, of course. South by Bullcrap, uh, that that was the big thing up there is they were all, you know, you got to have your cigarette going while you're talking on your flip phone <laughs> and listening to your vinyl LP. Well, you know, when your own time in history is so completely vacuous and devoid of culture of any kind, I yeah. guess you got to go back a few decades. Well, that's exactly, you know, Nancy and I talk about that all the time. So when you listen to some songs, you hear, obviously, the sampling that goes on. Right. And a direct ripoff, like Ed Shireen right now is in this deal about Ed Shireen, Shireen, Shireen. Uh, he is in a deal right now. He's being sued for ripping off a song, right? Yeah, like a Marvin Gaye song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marvin Gaye, yeah. So they, they, they can't. They can't create their own coolness, so they have to go back to the coolness of years. Go years yeah, by. I'm, I'm sure they'll start wearing period costumes at some point, they are. getting mullets, and it's like 1987. No, they already are. are. They, they, they're there's mustaches. That. The mustaches. Mustache. I've noticed that. I've seen a lot more young people with yeah. the mustaches going. I mean, we had our own hey, cool. We, we thought that was really uncool <laughs> in the 80s. We didn't like mustaches. Uh, Freddie was the only one who could wear a mustache. In, in the 70s, in the 70s, mustaches were cool. Especially you had if, one. I did. <laughs> I've if, seen the pictures. I that's right. If you had a furry porn mustache in the 70s, 
Here I am, Max Jolene. My wife would divorce me now. At this point, my wife would, if I shaved the beard and just went with the stash, my uh, wife would call a lawyer. Uh, that would be the final straw, I, No, man. now wait a minute. I have a picture. No, hold on. I have a picture of you and I right here. Right. When we came back to the studio after being mm-hmm. gone for COVID, you stood right here next to me. Our arms were around each other. They took a picture. We posted I still have it. And you have a mustache. Right. But why? I was growing up. I had shaved off my face. To grow my beard back anew. I was not doing it for the stash. I was doing it to regrow my beard. Okay. Well, I'm not That's saying. That's what I was doing. I'm not questioning you. I'm just saying. I have my a picture of you on the line. I was not. <laughs> well, I want to state it for the record. I wasn't wearing a mustache getting, just to wear a mustache. You're getting defensive. I was growing out my beard. I had to clear the palate. <laughs> Don't get, def- I had Don't to, get defensive. I had to, I had to dust all, off the canvas. All I said was, I wasn't questioning your motives or anything. I was just saying, I have a picture of you with a mustache standing you're right here. You're trying to imply. No, I'm not. The forces of evil are trying to apply that your favorite talk show host once wore a mustache. You did. I was growing out my beard. Dad, you you know, just couldn't see my beard gonna, growing. Now you're going to make me post it. Uh, now I'm going to have to post, post it. it. So, so everybody in the world will see you. No, I, I, it was mustache. not about the mustache. Oh. Elaine, it was not about the mustache. Mm-hmm. I was growing a beard, man. Mm-hmm. Mustaches mm-hmm. are not cool. All right. <laughs> so... So let's see what's next in the stack. Oh, hey, look at this. time for this one? It's time for a break. More Warren Rima coming up on KTSA. My brother-in-law died suddenly. And now... Dot com. Hey, a little less conversation, a little more action. Yeah. Yeah. Strong storm, six to nine tonight. Battle of Flowers, Fiesta Friday. Battle of Flowers gets started here in about to, you know, somewhere around ten minutes or so. Right downtown, if you uh, don't need to be downtown. Right, probably not work or something. <laughs> right, right. Then right. I would kind of chill and try to stay out of downtown. Mm. Yeah, I do all my Fiesta stuff in Helotus, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's where we go, man. <laughs> I do all mine in my living room. In your living room. <laughs> Woo! You actually, if you watch the parade on TV, you got a much better view, yeah. probably, than if you're downtown, man. You know, that's a fact. Yeah. That's, yeah. All, that's, that's true about a lot of uh, uh, a lot of you know sport events, too, is you get a better view of sure. sports on yeah. TV, too. So I feel that way about, uh, about that, too. So, cool. Anyway. anyway. Oh, what you want to talk about? Uh, well, yeah, hey, uh, how come all the helicopters are crashing? Uh, I saw this. Uh, another, uh, let's see, two AH-64 Apache mm-hmm. Army helicopters in mm-hmm. Alaska mm-hmm. Uh, crashed into each other, and mm-hmm. uh, the folks on the uh, on the helicopters died. This is, and I saw that last night. And I'm like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, in March we had uh, uh, we had a couple of helicopters collide in February. Mm-hmm. Uh, two soldiers were injured when another uh, AH-64D mm-hmm. uh, was in a rollover in Alaska. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess I'm just kind of curious, uh, how come all the helicopters are crashing? How come all the military helicopters are suddenly crashing into each other? Right. Why is this? It's a good question. You didn't hear a whole... I mean, I, I'm just... Maybe it's because of the way things are covered, but we, we have a, a media that likes to shine this administration in the most positive light possible, right? So if if there was if this had been going in other words, if this had been going on for a long time, we would have known about it. So this is a new phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And three in a couple of months, mm-hmm. something's going on, man. Well, what is it? Uh, well, I I think I might have an idea. Now, lay it go, on. Me. Go back to uh what an hour or so ago I was telling you about General Brown, the chief of staff for the Air Force. Right. 
being asked why the Air Force is teaching not to use the words mom and dad to the recruits when <laughs> right. they come in. Um, it's much like, let, let, let me equate it to, to Greg Popovich and the yeah. San Antonio Spurs. The right. Spurs suck right now. Oh, they terrible. suck, suck right yeah. now. And their suckiness started when Greg Popovich started to pay more attention to uh, politics than basketball. He Ooh. took his eye off the ball, literally, and started to think about tr- Trump bad. You know, Trump a bad man. Guns bad. we got to get rid right. of guns. Meanwhile, he's got a team over here that he's got to put together and uh, drill and practice right. and work for, what, basketball. I think the same thing is going on with our military. How many times have you and I had the conversation over and over again about all this woke crap that they're teaching the military? People contact you. They contact me. We read about it all the time. And again, here was General Brown, the chief of staff for the Air Force yesterday. Oh, yeah, it's really important that we erase moms and dads because we don't want to offend any of our recruits who might be erased by an aunt and uncle. To hell with that. Uh, no. You have one job, and that's to train these people to kill other human beings. That is your job. It's not about white supremacy, which General Milley said, you know, we got to understand white supremacy. The Secretary of the Defense, Lloyd Austin, said his number one job is rooting out white supremacy <laughs> in American military and allowing transgender issues to come to the forefront in the military so guys could wear mascara and dresses. So that's I think that's a large part of why we see these screw-ups in right. very basic areas now. There's nothing easy about flying one of these helicopters. One of my best friends oh, yeah. on yeah. planet Earth, John Sadie, flew uh, Cobras forever, and it's it takes a lot of training. And well, a there's lot only of so many hours in the day, you know, and I, right. I, I I have heard from multiple folks, like you said, you have as well, mm-hmm. who say you don't understand. We're spending the majority mm-hmm. of our time mm-hmm. uh, in these workshops and in these classes. Uh, I several people. Yeah, I spend more time uh, in these equity classes than I do on the gun range. So I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at what's changed, uh, what's changed is that we have helicopters running into each other, mm-hmm. and we didn't have that before, not uh, at this rate. And the only thing that's different, apparently, is this political stuff in the ranks and uh, coming from the leadership all the way down. There's nothing else that's any different. Mm-hmm. We're also seeing record lows of recruitment. Uh, mm-hmm. People are not wanting to join the military. Mm-hmm. We are seeing record numbers of people getting out of the military, kind of like law enforcement. They're just uh, they're retiring as early as they can. They're taking their money, and they're, they're getting the hell out. So what happens in the private sector when you go woke? What is the word we always put after? Go woke, go broke. That's exactly right. In the military, you go woke and you get Killed. You die. You die. You know. And that's exactly where we are right now, is they have gone woke in the military. They have been focused on white supremacy and transgender issues more so God. than the training that these, like like the General Brown said yesterday, well, it's so important that we not offend anybody who was raised by two, two mamas or Did two men. Did you ever think you'd hear anybody in the military make the claim that our job is to not offend? Right. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. So that's that's what ultimately cost, cost Patton his life, is right. because, you know, he was a little bit bit of an offensive dude right but you know what he did he kicked rommel's ass yeah he did you know what all up you and know? down europe he absolutely did. and North he Africa. and he was on his way to shoot hitler right in the face right that's exactly what the man was going to do he was going to pull his own 45 out that ivory handle 45 and shoot hitler in the face and 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 today you know 
George, that's a little bit tough, don't you think, George? That's a little rough, don't you think? But you look, it it, it is troubling because you look at the physicality of what we're talking about. The the physical, real-world aspect of this is that they are physically training less for what they're supposed to do than the physical time they're spending on all this other crap. And uh, Trouble saying this, uh, I think I forget where the uh, where the rally was in Arkansas, right? wherever the hell he had a rally. Two thousand people showed up, and he's going off. We are in a very bad position right now on the world, on the world stage. Yeah, you think we're in a very, very yeah. bad place, right? And he's right. Yeah. And the military is all that stands between you and I and all of that, right? And all of that is just rolling across the border while our military, mm-hmm. our first line of defense mm-hmm. against foreign enemies, mm-hmm. is doing what? They're, they're talking about mom, calling people mom and dad, or not calling people that's, mom that's or a bad dad? Thing. It's a bad thing to call a mom and dad. Oh, holy and crap. It, and it's a bad thing, you know, if you don't let a dude put on makeup and a dress in the, in the Air Force and walk around with his pumps on and wiggling his ass. That's a bad thing if you don't let that happen. Right. And you know what? Uh, th- and, and I'm not talking about the I'm not talking about the rank and file. The the people who are lined up to get into Randolph right now. We're not throwing we're not throwing dirt on you, man. That's not that. Well, that's no, not we you. feel bad for you, right? It's <laughs> right. I, but I I, yeah. I, I want to make that clear because oh, sure. I don't want them going into Randolph or Lackland going, man, they're trashing us on KTSA. No, that's not it at all. We're talking about inside the Pentagon in D.C. where this woke crap has taken hold, that now you're starting to see results. You're starting to see it happen. Now, there have always been these training exercises where you have a mishap, but there's no doubt that they're compounding now. There's one on top of the other, top of the other, and there's only one thing you can say. they got the eye off the ball, a la Greg Popovich. Yeah, well, exactly. And when when is the last time you remember to... Three military-grade helicopters crashing into each other or just falling out of the sky within a matter of weeks of each other. When yeah. is the last time you yeah. could remember that happening? You know, I can tell you that um, driving NASCAR race cars at 200 miles an hour. Right, okay, right. That takes every bit of concentration that you have. Right. You, you can't think about anything else. Nothing. And it takes a lot of training and a lot of seat time to be able to do that proficiently with other guys around you sure. without crashing right. and wiping out the entire world. Well, the sa- I've never flown an Apache helicopter. I've never flown a Cobra helicopter. My friend John Sadie has. So I wouldn't know what that takes, but I'm sure it takes a lot of concentration. And the think- last thing you need is some CO standing over your head. Did you get the pronouns right, Sean? Right. No. That's- Screw that. Can you operate the stick and the rudder? Yeah, that's well, we, all that we need to get our military back in shape, but that's not going to happen right now. Not with Joe there. Nope. Back in a minute, wearing Rima KTSA. You know what makes me sad? You do! Maybe we should chug on over to Mamby Pamby Land, where maybe we can find some self-confidence for hey, you, you jerk. I'm Andy. If you don't know me, yes, we're, it is. we're, we're uh, you know, approaching the, the finish line for Warren Rima this week. And yes. We've been talking about Willie today because right. tomorrow's his birthday. Somebody who we love and appreciate and all that. Just a couple more quick things. Sure. If you don't mind. No. And uh, Don set me straight if I get this wrong, but I think it was uh, – Willie's fine, by the way. He's going to outlive us all. He's just turning 90 tomorrow. And we 90. love him. So, yep. so um, he was in a car, I think, between Dallas and Houston, I think. And he wrote, uh, Funny How Time Slips Away, Crazy in Nightlife. Is that correct? I think that's right. Right. And then he goes to Nashville, because he'd been you know, in Nashville, and right. he goes up there, and uh, he knew everybody in Nashville. They all knew him, and he went to the bar, 
and it was like super late or super early. It's like two o'clock, three, three o'clock in the morning. And uh, Patsy Klein's husband, he was drinking beer with Patsy Klein's husband. <laughs> and Willie says, "You know, I think I got a song for her. I think I got a song right. that might be pretty good for for Patsy." And he said, "Great." Her husband said, "Great. Let's um let's play it for her." And Willie said, "Okay, I'll call you when I wake up in the morning or right. tomorrow afternoon sometime. We'll we'll play." And he says, "No, let's go now." At three a.m. Mm-hmm. And they woke Patsy Klein up at three a.m. Crazy, crazy for feeling so lonely. And I'm crazy, crazy for feeling so blue. You like that? <laughs> it's, just, it's so weird hearing this version, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought we were going to play the Patsy Klein version, but we ended, we ended up in the well, living room. Well, he, he the history is, I mean, he gave it to her, yeah. and yeah. she said something effective, I've got, I got to do it my way, or something like that. Right, exactly. And then uh, with a cigarette in her hand, probably, and yeah, a drink. Oh yeah, for sure. And then the same thing was true. Uh, we were just talking about Farron Young and Hello Walsh. And, oh, yeah. Uh, Willie said, I got this song for you, and uh, Farron said, how much do you want for it? And Willie said, I don't know. I'm broke. Give me like 50 bucks for Hello Walls. <laughs> and then Willie calls him back says, hey, can, can, can you loan me some money? And Farron said, no, I'm not going to loan you any money. And uh, but he said, why not? You know, aren't you going to? Because you, uh, you just wait. And about two weeks later, he sent Willie a check for 28000 Right. <laughs> for $28,000. You know, I mean, <laughs> just in the – and you, you look at the output of Willie Nelson. Right. He just put out a new – Album. I don't know. A few months ago, uh, or a few weeks ago, I think right. with his sister, and, and right. the, before that, he put out a family, big family. He's done. You just look. You can't count how many albums that man has has published. Right. You just can't. No. And the the amount <coughs> of song. You look at the Beatles, and, you go, and a lot of us go, "Wow, wow!" Sample of years and all that. Yeah. Willie eclipses them like I think two or three times over right. by the just the amount of songs mm-hmm. he wrote. And there's some San Antonio people. I was very close with Johnny Bush, right? And uh, San Antonio people know the name Johnny Bush. When Johnny was playing drums with uh, Ray Price, right? Ray Price went to Willie and said, "I need a, a bass player." And Willie said, "Well, I'll look around and see if I can find you one." And uh, Ray said, "No, you're my bass player." And Willie said, "I don't mm-hmm. know how to play bass. I don't know anything about right. it." He said, you're going to learn. That's where he met Johnny. And Johnny had a song that he wrote right after that called Whiskey River. Oh, yeah. And Willie opens and closes every concert with Whiskey River. And I asked Johnny one time, I said, hey, are you tired of Willie doing Whiskey River? And he said, yeah, until I go to the mailbox. <laughs> right, right, right. It's all good. Right. Well, again, you, you, when has there not been a Willie Nelson? You know, I mean, for me, it was my dad's favorite. I grew up with my old man uh, driving his Datsun pickup truck with... The floor uh, on the passenger side cluttered with Willie Nelson eight-track <laughs> Is tapes. Is that right? Oh, well, I grew up, yeah, listen, that was the soundtrack of my life. <laughs> I didn't know the, the Growing the, up. They were all over the floor. Oh, That's yeah, cool. my old man would <laughs> pop, we'd, we'd drive down to the pier to load the boat in the, the bay, and Dad's popping a Paps, and he's got a Willie Nelson eight-track eight tape playing on the on the, on the the speakers of a That's yellow, great. a pea-colored yellow Datsun pickup truck. <laughs> the rust held it together. <laughs> And that was my that was the soundtrack of my life was Willie and Waylon and all those guys. And wasn't that the soundtrack of a lot of people's lives? Yeah, I mean, We're riding around know. rusted out trucks. Exactly. Even even when I went through my I hate country phase, yeah, right. be, you know, I was nineteen or twenty yeah. and was listening to all this other crap. You got woke. You always circle back around to a lot of also a lot of Willie's music. I think lyrically. 
doesn't really make sense to you. So you've been divorced and <laughs> passed out drunk and 40 and middle-aged. You know, a lot of those songs well, take, on a get drunk re- sure take, a, take on a whole new resonance, eh. like a lot of country yeah. music, once you get older. You said the first song you heard was Blue Skies. Yeah, Blue Skies. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. It was like 10, I think. And right. We had just moved to Maine, and I heard the song come out. I'd never heard Willie Nelson up to that point. Wow. We right. don't play, you know, nobody in Connecticut's going to play Willie Nelson. And you thought it was a parody, right? <laughs> I because thought it was someone horse. I thought, well, it's yeah, the most country of... sounding thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> right. You know, because right. at, at the time, country singers, the joke was they had adboids this big, you know? Yeah. And so And so you would, right. I heard him like, well, someone's horsing around. <laughs> And then I listened to it. You know, that's actually pretty good. Whoever's horsing around is doing a good job yeah. on this thing. And I, you know, they they said his name, and I I'd had no idea. And as as time goes on, within a few years, he's the biggest thing going. That is a tremendous record. That yeah. entire album oh, yeah. is wonderful. And um, and and I I wore I don't know how many copies of that record out. You know that mm-hmm. that, that 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 entire album. He had just come off a redheaded stranger, right? And if you remember, redheaded stranger was just him and the guitar and Mickey on the you know harmonica and a couple it's of others. Very spare. Yeah, and and they when he sent it into the record company to be released, they said to him, "Okay, we'll put the strings behind it, the steel guitar and the fiddles, right. and then we'll put it out." And Willie said, "The only thing that record needs is out." And so it was so huge. And then he comes back about. I don't know, a, a year or so later, and calls the record company and says, now I'm going to do pop standards mm. <laughs> with orchestration, beautiful right. strings and horns, and who's going to produce it? Booker T from Booker T and the MGs. <laughs> and he produced it. Well, that's kind of the, the outlaw ethic is, I'm going to do it my way, man. I'm just, it's, it's either going to be my way or no way at all. That's you know? right. And that's what all those guys had that quality about them. Love it. And uh, when it comes to Waylon and Willie, I think my favorite quote from Waylon is because, uh, you know, one of the things you hear about Willie all the time is he's more of a jazz singer. He's like the back phrasing and all this stuff. That is true. And and Waylon once said, back phrasing my ass. He just ain't got no rhythm. That's exactly yeah. right. <laughs> he used to say that all the time. He got living room timing. He, was, he, right. would, he would say, help him out. He's got no rhythm at all. Because yeah. you... When Willie's going to hit that last note, you could drive around the block a few times, you know, and come back and it, eh, you know, and then he hits it, you know, and just kind of drops it in there. But uh, I, who doesn't love Willie Nelson? I, I didn't know that it, uh, years later I'd heard an interview with him. Uh, he was on Larry King's radio show, right? At some point in the eighties, I didn't realize he was a, a, a DJ. Oh, oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. KBOP in Pleasanton, bro. Yeah, he was down in Pre- Pleasanton. Hey, KBOP in Pleasanton, I had no idea until then. This is like in the mid-80s at some point. I heard him. Absolutely. That's how he got started, a red-headed kid, man. Yeah. And he had a whole, he had one of those old-style disc jockey things he would say, you know, the red-headed right, kid from right. down in Pleasanton, and he would rip it all off like they all could say it. And he could still say that today. Yeah. And he, he used to say, man, I'd smoke anything. I'd peel the bark off a tree and smoke that if I could. <laughs> he mentioned the Larry King interview. Remember the one moment where Legos? goes, so are you high now? Yeah. I'm a little high. Right? I spoke a little before I went out. He did that on he did that on uh, David Letterman one night. He was on, and he was clearly blasted. I right. mean, clearly blasted. And Letterman said, "So, did you smoke before you come in here?" And said, "Oh yeah, oh I, yeah, yeah I, sure. Did I smoke? <laughs> did I smoke?" <laughs> so you and you've both seen him live several times. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I saw him one time. I think I, the best time was the first time when I was back. I got the in the majestic. I got to sit. In the wings, on speakers with Kinky Freeman, yeah, watching Will, Will, Willie do a, his whole gig, and it was just amazing. One of my favorites, and I've seen him probably—I don't know how many—dozens of times, right? Right. Because we used to go to the the whole July Fourth picnics and all that stuff. One of the best times was at the Municipal Auditorium, Willie and family, and we have the the album uh, that they that they did there, but. Waylon was playing in Austin that night, mm-hmm. and the show was over, and they're getting ready to wrap up with a good-hearted woman, 
and uh, Willie's up there doing it, and all of a sudden Waylon walks on the stage, and he finishes right. Good-Hearted Woman in San Antonio. And so I went backstage after the show was over and was talking with him, and Waylon's car, black Mercedes, is parked with the engine running and the door open. Willie had told him, I'm in San Antonio tonight. If you get a chance, come on down. Well, Waylon wrapped up his right. show, jumped in the Mercedes, raced down 35, and got here at the end of the concert to do Good-Hearted Woman and walked on the stage. Willie didn't even know he was here. It, right. just, it shocked everybody. So we were standing around backstage talking about you know, you know, that kind of deal and to think about how that's how those guys operate. You know, come on down and just get up and well, do a thing with it. The, you know? One thing I've learned, they're, they're extremely loyal to each other. They're Big extremely time. loyal to everybody in that whole circle. Big you know, time. And anybody needs anything, it's just you make a we're call. We're here for you. Yeah. That's right. the one time I saw him, we were towards the front. I was with my ex-wife at the time. And he he kept making eyes at my ex-wife. Hey. Yeah, you know, good-looking blonde, why not? Yeah. <laughs> and he had this big straw hat on for the first part of the show. Well, he kept looking over at my ex-wife, and he decides he's going to throw his hat to her. So, <laughs> That's great. And I'm, I'm, I'm just horse laughing the entire time. Oh, you got yourself a sugar daddy? You know, so, so he throws his hat down, and before she get it, I don't know, like 15 old oh, mamas come out of nowhere sure. and jump on this hat. Sure. And, no, and it looked it. like the floor of a barn. Nothing left. <laughs> was not, nothing done just a it. bunch of hay straw. He just kind of shrugs his shoulders. Wow. And look, it was I tried. All right, more Warren Robin coming up KTSA. Whiskey River, take my mind. Don't let a memory taunt you be. Whiskey River, don't run dry. You're all I got to care of me. Listen carefully if you're between ages 65.